Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Tuesday with Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO underway just past the hour of 10 o'clock, taking you until noon. We have a keyword coming up here uh, at the top of our first break. You'll want to listen for that. It'll be your first opportunity to get that keyword and uh, do what you have to do in order to put make yourself eligible to win a trip to the iHeart Music Festival in Las Vegas. You can listen for that keyword and they can get ready to text it to 200 200 we had some winners when we were giving away the dough earlier mm-hmm. this winter. Let's see if we can send somebody to LV for the music festival. Unbelievable night of baseball last night. Some edgier seat. It's August after all. These games are getting more and more interesting. We'll talk to Jordan Burnfield at about 1025. I know he was at Wrigley last night, of course, with ESPN. Uh, Jordan will join us. 1025, Vinny Iyer uh, from the Sporting News. Uh, he's, uh, his NFL predictions are out for both the AFC and the NFC. We'll find out the reasons why he made some of those decisions that he did at 1045 and then Zubin Mahente. Our only guest in the 11 o'clock hour, uh, join us about 1120 and always look forward to catching up with Zubin. I heard Brian Anderson's call of Yelich's second home run and yeah, it went a long way. But my God, did you see Ian Hap crush his ball? His was a monster. So 474 feet worth a monster. Sano's was, I don't remember the estimate, but it seemed th- low. Yeah, I don't think, because it hit the batter's eye, right? It hit, no, it hit the limestone up above the batter's oh, eye. above it. That's And the crazy thing is, is you heard the call there from Dick Bremer. Oh. Off the bat, I don't know. I, Bremer he didn't realize. Was, oh, no. I know it. It was uh, 443 they gave him credit for. There's no way that was only 443, but Haps was a monster. Yeah, Baez you know, earlier. Mustakas had one. I was watching a lot of the Brewers game early against the Pirates. It was just a great night of baseball. Yeah, it really it, was. Tuesday night. Except for the Cardinals. Yeah. It, it wasn't good late. That no. is I mean, sure. Mazalok, what did he tell his team? We're, we're good. Yes. Made all those promises and mm-hmm. then does nothing. Prove it to me, boys. Come out of the All-Star break and you know, get going on the right foot and get yourselves back in a position to contend and maybe win that division. And I'll do what uh, you guys want me to do and get some, uh, inject some new blood in that clubhouse. And he sat on his hands. Didn't I pick up the phone. Watch Waka last night. It was awful. Oh, God. It's awful. I, it, and that's the thing. They, they don't have anybody else they can throw out there. No, they don't. Because Wainwright's so terrible on the road. Yes. He's at the end of his career and he's been a mm-hmm. great pitcher. Don't yes. get me wrong. Yes. But it's at the end. Yep. And so Waka goes out there every fifth day, and he looks, mm-hmm. for the most part, terrible. Matt Carpenter goes back in the lineup, insert him at the top of the lineup. He's <laughs> 0 for 4. I just, I, who's more likely to run down the Cubs of the two? The Brewers were four back, the Cardinals that are two Trent, and a half. Thursday night, the Cardinals were in first place. Isn't that crazy? They just dispatched the Cubbies on Thursday night, eight zip. They're two and a half back as we, two and a half? Yeah, yeah. two and a half now. And, and they had a night off. 
I mean, they, On Friday, they lost yeah. the lead. Good point. And now they've lost three straight. The Cubs are going the other direction. And they still got two more against the Dodgers. I'm speaking to the Cardinals, too. Good luck. I still feel like the Brewers would be the team to run them down, but they got problems of their own. Davies, they didn't go out and get that big yeah. starting pitcher that they needed. Right. Rinky was something that had been bandied mm-hmm. about a lot going back mm-hmm. where he started his yep. career with the Brewers. And that would have been good. You know what? That would yeah, have been good. Finish where you started. Yes. But it doesn't happen. Davies goes down. Who. Zach Davies is not a great pitcher, yeah. but you know what you're going to get. He'll give you four, five and a third, give up a couple runs, mm-hmm. and you know your bullpen won't be depleted. That's what he was, but you miss that guy now. You yeah. miss a guy that's going to give you, over the last two months, going to give you another 12, 13 starts. Nothing you can do about it now, Trent, nope. and just hope somebody falls to the waiver wire, and then you can pick him up. But I don't you know. think I like it. The fact that you can't make I, any more? I, I don't like But it. you know what it did? I mean, think back to July the 31st. It was hair on fire. It was NBA-esque trade deadline. Maybe even like a two, instead of August 31st being the waiver deadline, mm-hmm. August 15th? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you're relying now on a guy that's been, uh, Jonathan Lucroy. Yes. Outright release, designated for assignment. Mm-hmm. Those guys you can grab. Who was an all-star catcher. Yeah, but he had that injury. Remember that injury? Uh, it wasn't a long time ago. He and uh, somebody from Houston collided. I don't remember at the plate, and he broke his nose. He was concussed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too long ago. It was uh, like a month ago. Um, anyways, you just wonder if you're getting damaged goods. I know the Cubs are looking. Boy, this Cubs game last night. Uh, so much ground to cover with it. I mean, the two home runs, just majestic haps uh, coming on off the bench. Pinch hit home run, 474 feet. Baez hits another couple of home runs last night. Hendricks was unbelievable. But you know what? Is, is all those good things, Trent, I think they're being overshadowed by something. What's that? The bad that is the fellow that holds down to the hot corner. Especially oh, in the batter's yeah. box. Chris Bryant, six for his last 40. He's batting a buck 50. Only one extra base hit in that time. Three for his last 34 without an extra base hit. Yeah, that's crazy. In August, he's hitting 125. His what? slugging percentage, 125. That's crazy, Trent. Three singles over his last 34. 11 strikeouts. Um, he's, there, there's something. I mean, what is going on here? Right. Yeah. I, this guy's we better know the injury. than this. There, there was San Francisco. He tweaked his ankle. Yep. He came out. He had, they had the off day the next day mm-hmm. before they went to Milwaukee. Thought he's going to miss a couple of games, but boom, there he is in the lineup. Did they miss their window? Their window to let's just set him down for a few because this is a banged up team all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And now with Wilson Contreras out for yeah, four weeks, four weeks. Yep. Caratini's been terrific. I don't he, know. How you yeah, can keep riding him. Yeah. Because he's used to being the backup catcher. Right. right? And all of a sudden now, you're, you're going to play. You're the guy. You're playing five out of every seven days. To, until after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's when you're going to see Contreras. And because he's a young guy, younger guy, maybe just wear him into the ground here. Mm. And you don't give the normal maybe. off days you do to a veteran catcher. You know, go with the old Yadier Molina playing. Mm-hmm. Every other catcher plays right. 132 games. Yeah. He plays 152. Yeah. <laughs> maybe this is what you do over this month's stretch and hope the kid can keep his head above water. Well, the the starting pitching has been terrific, uh, with the exception of Lester had a bad game the other day, but uh, you know he's going to bounce back and he pitches tonight, and I expect him to do just that. Hendricks was outstanding, gave up one hit in the ball game, doesn't factor in the decision. Uh, Cshek is a complete mess. 
a complete mess. Um, I thought he was going to blow the game. They'd opened up a 6-2 lead. You're feeling pretty good about the Cubs putting another one in the wind column, but it got uh, edgier seat time, which is great. If you're a sports fan, it's great uh, that we've got this drama in these late innings. Your twins last night had a little drama till Sano said, you know what, I'm out of here. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Boy, just crushed that baseball. I thought it hit the batter's eye, but it was above that. It huh? was above that, wow. yeah. That limestone, you know yeah, what I'm I talking exactly about. What yeah, you're that's talking about. All, all the way across. It's Minnesota limestone, by the oh. way. Oh, that they, yeah. They didn't import it. No, no, that that is from upper Minnesota where they brought that in. But it was an interesting game. Bullpen gave it away in the middle innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oda Rizzi was good when I saw He it. was, yeah. yeah. The Braves came back, tied it up, and it was kind of just, it, it had that tense feel to it. But I had a... Uh, Trent, that's a good team on the in the oh, other yeah. dugout. The the Soraka kid, he's... Yes, a fine All-Star Canadian force. lad, by the oh, way. Oh, yes, and they were talking about that last were night they? Yeah. in the broadcast, yeah. and they were talking about, of course, Glavin, hockey guy, Canadian. Yes, he was. All those things, too. But, Jim Cott, did you hear much of the game? Yeah, I heard some of the game. I mean, Jim I was, Cott was in there. He's, he's Trent, 82 like years like old, and he is so awesome. Yes, he is. So, And he retired it? from the Yes Network. Yes. Uh... What's the guy's name? The reliever. Oh, I have. I can't remember who it was, but there was a reliever for the Twins that came in last night, and just during his first curveball that he threw, right? First curveball of the night. Oh, is Harper Ryan Harper? Yeah. yeah. He says, "Well, he throws that different," and so they slow down and yeah. they show. And he says, "Normally, what you do is you're throwing a curveball." You throw it with your index finger. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is the one that stays on there. Mm-hmm. He throws it with his middle finger. That is interesting. Like He, he just sees it with his naked eye Isn't from something? up in the press box at 82 box, years, at 82 of age. years okay. old. And then they slow it down, and then him and Bert were going back and forth talking about it. It was, yeah. it was I didn't hear that part. I'm glad you brought that up. It was so cool. I mean, these are it's the minutiae moments of baseball, things like that. And that's I'd like to hear Bert do more of those kind uh-huh. of things instead of just read the Right, your book, and that's all yeah, it does. That's time to mail it in from from broadcaster. Because broadcast. that is something that I'm not picking up watching a game. No, how can you? I'm not picking up that he throws his curveball with a different finger than most other people throw a curveball. Interesting. But Jim Cott he saw that, that huh? up from up there, and then they talked about it for a half inning. It was just really cool moment last night. Jim Cott, more Jim Cott, please. I, I want to see him in there much more. I, I'm with you, uh, but again, he walked away from the S Network, did mm-hmm. the Yanks for a long time. Um, at 82 years of old, how can you blame him for for doing that? Yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, the Cubs bullpen, it was <sighs> hair on fire. Uh, we know now that uh, uh, the Kimbrel's gone to the the IL for. As Madden said prior to the game, they don't expect it to be any longer than the required 10 days. We'll see if indeed that is the case. But with Strope being out, and I'm not sure even if he is, if he was healthy, what you're going to get. Strope's had his moments. I mean, I'm not killing him. Strope has had his moments. It's just We just remember the recent, right? And the recent has been bad. A couple of the long balls. He's uh, taken the mound with a 3 nothing lead, and very quickly it's three apiece, and they're <laughs> coming to get him. Um, but last night, Ben Phelps uh, gave up. I, I, I thought it was gone. I, I and I think the entire ballpark probably felt the same way that Simeon had done it again because it went as far as it possibly could at Wrigley Field without yep. clearing a wall. That basket? Yes. Thought it was going to grab one. I did. Off the bat, it was, oh, no. Yeah, and it was Ian Happ, right, that circled it was. Yep. It was Happ uh, that was into it. Boy, uh, 
Kyle Schwarber, you know, there you have to have him on your team. I, I've, I'm, I'm come around. You know, you just have to have this dude just because what he does in the batter's box. I think he's got a really good eye. I think he's willing to take walks. I'm not sure you want him at the top of your lineup, but he's going to hit you 30, 35 home runs every year. But Trent, I'm not sure I've seen, and he's quit diving, which is great because yeah, yeah. I mean he's never gotten close. It never ends well. No, he's never gotten close to when he's you know left his feet to try and make a catch. But when he does try to make a catch as you're sitting there watching you never oh he's got this one mm-hmm. you never have that always oh, he's, he's got this one it's always like oh my god is he gonna get it is this one gonna fall um and then sometimes he just gets over there and it's fine yeah and then there's others where oh no yeah <laughs> is he gonna get it no he's not gonna catch it yeah. but that's kind of how you feel but you know what he's got a spot on this ball club he really does so does javi baez and if you're a cubs fan you are really happy that he does my god he's fun to watch yes he so is so fun to watch another Whether monster he's in the shot back, oh Monster shot and Trent. He he extended. He his left leg was probably I don't know. He seemed to be off balance a little bit, but you'd never know it as far as the ball traveled for his first home run. The second one just cleared the fence, but who cares? Mm-hmm. They both count the indeed, same. Indeed. And, you know, uh, I'm going to ask Cappy tomorrow because I'm anxious to know this. Castellanos is a free agent after this year. Okay, he's unrestricted. I wonder what because uh, they got some guys at his positions, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Descalzo is going to be gone, right? Have they designated him yet? Do you know? I know he's on the IL. They made up an injury for him. Probably not then, since he's on the yeah, IL. Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, you know, they've got Russell. They play both positions in the infield. They've got Hap. They've got Bodie. They've got a glut of guys. But who would you rather have amongst the list that I just spewed out? Castellanos by a long ways. And, uh, and he's versatile. He is, yeah. Play a lot of positions. Can mm-hmm. play the corner of the outfield. Play third base for you. He can do a lot. Speaking of guys designated for assignment... Finally, the nightmare is over with Brad Brock. Yeah, it's over. For oh, him. and uh, he didn't cleared. He's a free agent. <laughs> Shocker! Shocker! Nobody's putting a claim in for that mm-hmm. guy. He he was not a fun guy. You know, I saw somebody yesterday on Twitter put out the last time the A's were in Wrigley Field was nine years ago. Right, and they put out the lineup. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. There was a lot yeah. of forgettable names. Or there was. Oh, boy, Brad Brock's going to be one of those. Remember how bad the that Brock guy era? was? Yes. It was ugly. That was some of those names that was on that list. I am very thankful I do not have to watch him pitch anymore right. when I flip on a Cubs game. He was so awful. No, Just so bad. Definitely was. Uh, and I, I, It's um, NBC Sports Chicago, the alt channel tonight, so 665-1. Oh. If you're a DirecTV if subscriber. If you're a DirecTV subscriber. Yeah, last night the game was on fire. Apparently... I know Heather couldn't find the game. She was tweeting that, uh, and I don't think she was alone, so I, I, I don't get it. I know ESPN was blacked out, but KDSM had the game. They did, but here's something weird. So two of my boxes, the one down in the man cave, mm-hmm. and then the one up in our, our living room. Right. ESPN was on in my living room, but our main box is in the basement in the man cave. Yeah. And it was blacked out on ESPN on that box. That's crazy. I didn't understand it for a second. No, that doesn't make sense. Now, I checked in early with the ESPN broadcast in the living yeah, room but and later. they should still kick you off. I didn't. No, I never went back up and checked if it was blacked out a little bit later in the other box, but it was one of those weird things. But yeah, Fox, I had it, 17. That was yeah. normal. That was good on both of them there. Well, Twitter was going crazy trying to find the game, and I'm huh. sitting there thinking, folks, it's on 17. Yeah, I was, yeah, same way. And I saw that, and I'm like, what's going on here? And then when I saw it was on ESPN, I'm like, double what's going on here. Flip mm-hmm. on ESPN. Then the other TV, it wasn't on. It was blacked out on ESPN. I can't on it. This stuff. I mean, it's it's, we can it's do, too we, complicated. It is. It's like should Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. We could do a we yes. could do a blackout rules in the Major League Baseball and slow days every day of the week. <laughs> By the way, did you see the picture I tweeted out last night? 
What, mm. The strike zone? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, come on. I was chuckling. <laughs> right right down the heart of the plate ball. It's low. Yeah, it's right. low. Right. Well, it's lower than the first strike. <laughs> that was directly in the middle of the box. This it one was, was unbelievable. Five I inches lower. Go. I just, and that was, uh, that was a... Um, that was a Cub that was uh, getting the benefit of that missed yeah. call. Yeah. It was on Rizzo's steal, so maybe that's what confused. I don't know. I don't know. Throws, throws it off a little bit. Got movement over there. Same thing. Know. Looks like a strike. It hits the, the Fox box, but catcher's lined up in a different spot. Right. Don't hear your spot. You don't get the strike. Yeah, you know what? And that doesn't make any sense either. You know, maybe the catcher fooled him. Well, okay. So the catcher was lined up outside. The ball went through the heart of the strike zone. You're going to punish the pitcher? I mean, he threw a strike. Anyways. It bothers you. It, bothers. it does bother me. I, I had, don't know why it does, but I'm not sure it ever used to, but it certainly does this year. Sano's walk-off last night, I had a, a great moment in Condon household history. So, as I've told you before, at the end of the night, when we go to bed, we watch Jeopardy. Right. And pregnant wife, 37 weeks pregnant, mm-hmm. right for Jeopardy. I'm trying to catch the end of the game. Right. Let's oh. go in. And going, and I, she's tapping her fingers. She's and, wanting, she's wanting to get the Jeopardy. Uh huh. She's getting back on the phone and looking at Facebook, and I hear a. <sighs> <laughs> like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Miguel Sano, he's gonna hit. He's right gonna after, walk right after Sano. After Sano walks it off, I'll pull up on Jeopardy. That's what you said. One pitch later, boom, gone, gone. I was smiling ear to ear. Flipped on Jeopardy. The wife was happy. And I got to see the walk-off live as it happened. And that has certainly helped them in the standings as well as they yes. uh, move another game in front of the Indians who, as you mentioned earlier, are in the show yesterday, will spend the weekend at Target Field. Four games. What about tickets for that series? I wonder, how many of the four will be sold out, do you think? Ooh, good question. Because would... they're, they're, they're uh, to their credit, mm-hmm. uh, they realize they got a pretty good ball club here, and their attendance numbers have been very good. I got an email as when I buy tickets, you know, through the email that you set up for it, mm-hmm. that they're putting together a package right now that also gives you playoff priority. You get 12 tickets of your choosing, whatever Between game. now and the end of the season? Now and the end of the regular season, and you also have a chance to buy playoff tickets with that. If you go that route, and, for and when it, do they want your playoff ticket money? Do they want it oh, in it, September? It, yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll be there right away as soon as right. they clinch. They'll, they'll be pulling that out of there. But for a fleeting moment, I certainly thought about it. I'm not going to make it up to Minnesota certainly for 12 games, no, but you can do four. White, you just said your wife's 37 yeah, weeks that, pregnant. That too. I don't think right. that's going to go over real well. Not going to be happening. But if you are a Twins fan, can get up there and you can split it up. You can go to three games and get four tickets for each. Do the family six and two, whatever it is. Thought it was at least a cool idea. But you're right. They've been packing that thing mm-hmm. up, and I would guess Trent, uh, a three out of the four. Yeah, maybe I not Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Or what um, game times? Do you know Saturday and night game? I like six ten. Ten, I yep. love those. The six ten Saturday night game. nights, um, and it, then Sunday will be an early game. I'm assuming. What's Sunday night baseball this week? Cubs. I mean, uh, Yankees, Red Sox. Well, we've only had it two straight weeks, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm looking. Do you have it? I'll find it here. Sunday night baseball is. Billy's at the Giants. What? Can we get Red Sox Yankees? They don't flex in the MLB, do they? They do not. Your scheduled really? matchup. Jake Arietta against Honor Menez. That guy sounds made up. That's the best that they can come up with. You've got what what have we got for this weekend that's that would take I'm trying to find a good series. Well, there really isn't. There isn't a whole lot. You know, you're exactly Cleveland, right. Cleveland, Minnesota is the answer. That would be the one. If there was flex scheduling, Arizona Dodgers, but the Dodgers are running away. They are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not even close. The best series of the weekend by a mile 
is taking place at Target Field. And you rarely get twins in Sunday Night Baseball, the Indians in Sunday Night Baseball. Be nice to be able to throw them a bone. Yeah. Unfortunately, here we are. I, I, I'm with you. All right, be listening, folks. Your chance to win a trip, qualify to win a trip to the iHeart Radio Music Festival in Las Vegas is coming up. When we go to break, be listening for the keyword. Text it to 200-200. Let's get a Des Moines winner at this. Can we? Shall we? Your first opportunity comes up next. Uh, we'll hear Jordan Burnfield, then Vinny Iyer, where you are here until noon. It's 1022 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. From all agents. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back as we continue on. Now, Vinny Iyer from the Sporting News coming up. We'll get into his 2019 forecast for the NFL. It's out at SportingNews.com. Right now, he's our buddy Jordan Burnfield. We head to Chicago. He was at Wrigley last uh, night. I'm guessing on pins and needles, kind of on the edge of your seat, as it looked as though, well, first C-Sheck comes in and does what he did. Then Ryan got a little hairy, and then Phelps, boy, that ball right to the wall. How are you, Jordan? Good to speak with you. I'm doing great, guys, and uh, great to talk to you. And, yeah, when uh, Simeon hit that ball to the wall at the end of the game, I think everyone in Wrigley Field's heart uh, stopped or skipped a beat. But, you know, I, at least they were able to win that game. Obviously, when they went up 6-2 uh, in the seventh, you felt like they had it. And with Craig Kimbrell on the 10-day IL, you knew that they weren't going to have him. So you were hoping that they could keep that lead, and they were able to barely do so. But... Winning four in a row is certainly something that the Cubs needed to do on the heels of that rough road trip. So it's good to see that they've been able to re- respond. Yeah, no doubt about a different team at Wrigley Field than they are on the road. So let's get to, you know, you mentioned Kimbrell, and he is going to be, he's on the injured list right now. Madden doesn't believe it's going to be a long stay or any longer than he's required to do so. So fingers crossed for that. But in the meantime, he said bullpen by committee. It looks like he means that. Do you, in, in your mind, is, is one of the guys currently on this roster better constructed to close games than maybe somebody else? Or will, do you believe that this truly is bullpen or closer by committee? Yeah, I think with the current bullpen structure, guys, I, I'm not seeing someone who's a clear-cut option to be the closer per se. I know that Steve Stishek has been used in that role sparingly at, as the Cubs have needed it over the last couple of years when they have not had their number one closer available. But as we saw last night, Ciszek is the kind of guy that either has it and looks really good or things unwind for him very quickly. Uh, so I'm not sure that he would be the guy that I would choose. You know, Pedro Strope obviously isn't on this roster currently because of the injury and the poor performance. I don't know that if he were healthy right now, given the way that things were sliding for him, whether Joe would feel comfortable putting him into that spot. So I do sort of feel like it's going to be similar to what it was at the end of last season, as you guys will remember, you know, when they were using guys like Jorge De La Rosa in the ninth inning and Jesse Chavez and just trying to get through the game to get to the finish line uh, when guys like Pedro Strope were uh, injured and whatnot. So, I think they just need to get through this next week. The good thing for them is that they're at home. You pointed out they've been a way better team at home. They're now 40-18 and 18 at Wrigley Field this year. So hopefully being home where their bats seem to be much more consistent will allow them to score enough runs where the bullpen won't be a huge issue. The other guy that's struggling along with that bullpen and the questions there is Chris Bryant. Oof. 
Ever since the uh, ankle injury that he had here a few weeks back, he's been nothing short of atrocious. They gave him a day off on Sunday. That didn't help. Another offer for him last night against Oakland. Is it time? Give him 10 days rest and try to get him right there. I know this team's banged up right now, but you have to have Chris Bryant right going into the playoffs if you're going to make any kind of run. Yeah, I would say sitting him down for 10 days would be a mistake, Trent. I know what you're saying, but I think, you know, Chris Bryant, for the most part this year, has had an outstanding year. He has struggled over the last week, but I think that you have to have him out there. I don't think that the Cubs offense can afford, especially with Wilson Contreras down for a month now, to have arguably their best or one of their top two or three hitters out of the lineup in addition to that. Now, Obviously, over the last week and a half, Chris Bryant has not looked like Chris Bryant. There's no question that is true. However, Chris Bryant is still somebody that, for the most part, will give you professional at-bats, will take his walks, uh, will find a way on base, uh, even if he's not hitting at the level that you would expect. And he still plays good defense, which he did display last night. So I don't know how you can take him out of the lineup. I mean, the, the other reality of this is that David Bodie just hasn't given them anything and if he had been then it'd be one thing but because he is not performed they can't afford not to have Chris Bryant in the lineup. Mm. Jordan Burnfield is our guest. Jordan let's talk, address the catcher position. You, you mentioned Contreras a minute ago. Um, look Garantini's been really good I think. He's been kind of a, I, an underrated uh, part of this 2019 ball club. Um, having said that Taylor Davis is the backup. It was a great story when his home uh, hit his home run when he was up there earlier this year. Jonathan Lucroy is a guy that's uh, uh, become available but he's got that concussion issue in in um, you know from not too long ago when Mariznick I believe it was for Houston he just had a violent collision uh, at home plate. Does Lucroy make sense as they wait for Contreras to come back? They'd love to have the Maldonado decision over again but they can't. What about Lucroy to the Cubs? I think it makes sense if Lucroy is healthy. I, I think if he's healthy then it would make sense to me because he is certainly a, a veteran who's been on postseason teams who has sort of been through the wars and could probably fill in admirably, at least from a defensive standpoint. There was a time, as you guys know, when Jonathan Lucroy was a pretty good offensive catcher, too. I don't know what they'd be able to really get out of him realistically from an offensive standpoint. Uh, but, you know, solid defensive guy at this point in his career, and I think could make sense, but it would require that he's healthy. I really like Taylor Davis, and I, I'm sure you guys know him a lot better than I do. Um, but, you know, from what I've seen from Taylor, you know, nice guy, seems to be respected, but I, I don't think he's a major league hitter, you know. Right. Solid defensive player, but I don't, I don't think that you'd want him in the lineup unless you had to have him there, uh, despite his grand slam, which was one of the highlights of the season so far, frankly. So, um, you know, we'll see if, if Lucroy ends up on the Cubs. I know a lot of people have tried to connect those dots. I think it would make sense to me if he's healthy. Take a look forward and take a peek at this team. They hold on to the division, and more than likely with it, it's going to be the Braves that they'd see in the divisional round. How are you constructing this starting rotation as you currently see it? The five guys out there, ups and downs out of all of them. Lester, with his experience, certainly a lot. But how are you constructing a four-man rotation for the playoffs? Well, it's interesting that you ask that, Trent, because I, I think that right now, really other than Jose Quintana, who has been painfully average all year, now, the other four starters in the Cubs rotation have been really darn good lately. I mean, the one thing that I would say is that 
the struggles that the Cubs have had of late have not been because of their starting pitching. By and large, it's been because their bullpen has been bad or that their offense has been inconsistent. But the starting pitching really since the All-Star break has been great. And really right now, I think you could argue that the four guys at the top of the rotation uh, are all guys that you would want early in a postseason series, right? I mean, Kyle Hendricks' ERA is down to about three. Uh, He's been pretty outstanding over the last couple of months. Cole Hamels returned and threw five scoreless innings on Saturday. John Lester's last start against St. Louis was bad, but how many guys in a postseason series would you want more than John Lester, who's been one of the best big-game pitchers, really, of this generation? Um, And Hugh Darvish, for the last month, has been awesome. I think we have to give him credit Mm -hmm. for that. So if I were to construct it right now, I would probably lean towards going with Lester in Game 1, probably Hamels in Game 2, and I think I'd go Hendricks in Game 3 because of his big game experience and the way that he's come through so many times. But Darvish in that fourth spot is, is awfully good right now, and you might even argue that Darvish should be higher than that because of the way he's pitched over the last month. So for a Cubs team that really has not achieved what I think it should have to this point this season, at this point today, just speaking as, as we look at it recently, the Cubs have four starters that I think you could make an argument for any sort of combination in a playoff series. Kyle Renz, Ryan has been pretty good there as that lefty specialist. Quintana, if that's the case, is he any kind of useful bullpen arm or is that – just too much. We keep him in there. Maybe he's the long reliever if something happens early, and that's it for Quintana. Or could he be a guy you think you could rely on to get an out into out or two in the seventh eighth inning? Are you saying now or in a postseason? In the postseason, yeah. I think in the postseason that that could be. Yeah, I think you could use Jose Quintana potentially as a uh, as a guy that you could use out of the bullpen. I'm not sure how that be, that would even be constructed, to be honest, but I think right now it's, it's fun to think about, but I think it comes with a lot of work to do, frankly, to get back to the postseason this year. Still, I, my, my feeling has been that the Cardinals have sort of played to their capability. I, I don't know if you guys would agree, but I sort of feel like the Cardinals improved to the point where they should be around an 86-88 win team. I thought that the Cubs should be a 90-plus win team, although I don't think they're going to be now. And I felt like the Brewers, while they were incredible at the end of last season, were a team ripe for regression, and I think that we've seen that. I think some of the injuries have hurt them as well. So uh, there's, a plenty, there's plenty of things that I think have to occur for the Cubs to be back in the playoffs. But assuming that they are, as of today, I would say that you know, Jose Quintana could be a, a valuable sort of swingman kind of uh, pitcher for them in the postseason. And you guys remember back in 16, you know, Jason Hamill, I believe, was on the postseason roster for at least one or two yep. series just in case they needed him. And, and we've seen that you know, from teams from time to time when you have some depth in the postseason on, on your roster. So that wouldn't surprise me at all. But, you know, Jose Quintana, it's, it's just maddening because he's either battered around. All right, Jordan, before we let you go, it is – August in Illinois, that means Bourbon A and the Bears build up. It's been a conversation piece. You understand the importance of the Bears in that market. After the 12-4 and year, a year ago, big-time expectations. How's this summer been in the build-up for this Bears season? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think people have sky-high expectations, as you mentioned. Uh, I think that we're, uh, you know, if, if the Bears get off to a good start, it's going to be like the grass skirts and the maracas are going to be out, and it's going to be another edition of the Superfans. I mean, honestly, guys, you know this city, and you know that if the Bears are winning, there is nothing that is more electric in Chicago from a sports perspective and a good Bears team, and I think that the expectations are obviously high. The concern, obviously, is that as good as they are defensively, and I think they're going to be great again defensively, you know, they created 36 turnovers last year, which I think is going to be tough to replicate. So assuming that that number comes down by at least 10, because I think that that's probably fair to assume, you know, what does that mean for them in terms of not winning the turnover battle by as great of a margin as they did a season ago? Is Mitch Trubisky going to be able to take that next step and become the kind of quarterback the organization believes he can be? To this point, he's obviously a young quarterback, so I think he deserves some slack, but he really hasn't shown yet that he is a great player. He looks like he's a solid quarterback, but he might still be a weakness of this team. And then thirdly, they're not going to sneak up on anybody this year, so the schedule is considerably harder this season, and so I wonder if it may be the case that the Bears win fewer games but might be better equipped for the playoffs because now they have a little postseason experience. So I think it's going to be a fascinating year. People are really, really excited about this team, and I think that if they get off to a good start, it's going to be, especially if the Cubs are in the postseason and the Bears are good, it's going to be crazy here in Chicago. No doubt about it. Jordan Burnfield. Jordan, thank you. By the way, if you... uh... Are you going to be on our TV every Friday night for Horizon League Hoops once we fast forward to November, December, January, etc.? You know it. I should, uh, I'm looking forward to another season of that and uh, always enjoy it. And, uh, you know, if, I think those, those Friday night games are a lot of fun. They are. So I appreciate you guys have checked them out because we really enjoy doing them. Absolutely. Jordan, thank you for giving us some time. Appreciate it. Great to catch up with you. Anytime, guys. Talk to you soon. Yeah, good to talk to you. Jordan Burnfield, uh, ESPN. And speaking of the Horizon League, expansion happening in the Horizon League. Oh? Huh? Yeah. Where? Who? Uh, they're bringing in IUPU. Ooey Pooey? No. IUPU Fort Wayne. Oh. Now, okay. here, here's a deep dive. Do you know their mascot? The ants. It's a good guess. What is it? It's a little bit bigger. The Mastodons. I had no idea. The Mastodons apparently... Native to Fort Wayne? I don't really know. Quite the nickname, though. And uh, the Horizon League, yeah, making some moves. Moving from the Summit League. Uh, We will take a timeout. We'll move from, uh, well, the Cubs, for the most part, to the NFL. We touched on that with uh, with Jordan at the end there. But Vinny Iyer's predictions are out at SportingNews.com. What does he see happening in 2019? We'll pick Vinny's brain next. It's Miller and Condon. We are here until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Tom. Streaming live from coast to coast on iHeartRadio, this is 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. About 13 minutes before 11 o'clock or thereabouts. Time to talk some NFL. Vinny Iyer's predictions are out, SportingNews.com. He is their NFL guy, one of them, at SportingNews.com. Vinny joins us. Vinny Trenton, Ken in Des Moines, thank you, as always, for coming on. Uh, great to speak with you. I want to start with Tom Brady's latest contract before we get into all your work on the uh, that you've done uh, over the last, oh, I don't know how long it took, but it uh, seemingly would have fit. You'd have to think you spent a lot of time on it. But Brady, first of all, what do you think is... Uh, 
Is this it finally going to be it for him, Vinny? I know he's got an out after this year. Where are you as far as Tom Brady's uh, year? Well, Tom Brady, to me, it's got to be when he can't commit to it year-out. Because with these uh, quarterbacks now, these older quarterbacks, it's the year-round training. It's having to constantly keep your body in shape. I mean, he goes to the beach and he's throwing footballs and training there at this point. And he tries to balance it out as much as he can with family. But I think that's the thing is when does he get tired of the other parts? I mean, football elements of reading the offense and doing all that. I mean, he's in an offense he knows really well, like backward and forward. It's the chemistry of getting with new guys on the same page there at training camp. That's actually the easier part. The harder part is all that stuff he does with the TV 12 to really discipline himself uh, 24 7, 365 to get ready for the season. So as long as he's enjoying that, if that's part of his lifestyle and he can keep playing at a high level, I mean, I think he's going to keep doing it. But at some point, he'll be, all right, I can spend more time with family and not do all this all the time. So it's whenever that point happens there. But right now, I think he just loves playing the game too much. And, again, I think he plays it not just for money at this point. He doesn't really need it. But he's playing because I think he just loves it and loves competing at a high level. Until that drive is gone, I think he'll, he'll keep playing. Vinny, your predictions are out at SportingNews.com. Let's start with the AFC. You have the Chargers as a playoff team. I don't think that comes as any surprise. Melvin Gordon, though, kind of go hand-in-hand here. If he sits out for a long time, would that change your perception at all? And how much do you like this Chargers team? A lot of talent certainly there. Big bump a year ago. How important is Gordon in your mind? Well, I don't know if Melvin Gordon's really paying attention to the makeup of the Chargers team right now. I mean, Last year, they went 4-0 without him. They had Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. They really loved Eckler, and that's another thing that he has to keep in mind. That I think some people see Eckler as a change of pace, but Anthony Lynn really likes the efficiency of this runner, and Jackson was no-nonsense finishing drives last year, not just because he went to Northwestern, but that was the fact of the matter there. But when you look at uh, that team, it's loaded elsewhere. I mean, you got Keenan Allen, you've got... Uh, Hunter Henry coming back to be a big factor in the passing game with Phillip Rivers. You've got Mike Williams in a great position to dominate here on the other side. So you have three elite playmaking guys around Phillip Rivers, and you throw in Eckler and Jackson, and this team can throw the ball whenever it wants, wherever it wants. So you look at that, you look at the defense, loaded on every level, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Casey Hayward, Derwin James. Melvin Gordon is a small piece of this puzzle that they're trying to mm. solve in San Diego, in Los Angeles. So when you look at that, uh, overall, I mean, I think is one player that they can get by without. I think it's him. So let's get into your divisions, um, Vinny. Which of the four divisions in the AFC gave you the most consternation? What was, uh, boy, I picked this team, Miami. Maybe I should pick this one. Was it the AFC West? Was it the North? What team? What division was the most difficult? You've got Cleveland, the Patriots, the Chiefs, uh, and the Colts winning uh, the four AFC division. Which one gave you the most trouble? Well, to me, it was the North. So it's more complicated to see who rules this North than they try to figure out in Game of Thrones. But at this point, <laughs> when you look at uh, the Browns and Steelers, where do you go there? Are we undervaluing the Ravens? Because they've lost a lot of defensive pieces. But on the other hand, Lamar Jackson is feeling more confident. they got some more weapons. They really like their running game, an offensive line. 
and really surprise people the way they finished the season last year. So the Ravens are in the mix. The Browns have this whole upside and look good on paper. The Steelers have that consistency. We know they're going to have the running game. The defense is going to be better. They may not be as explosive, but they might be more what Mike Tomlin wants, that grindy, tough, gritty team that we've seen succeed in Pittsburgh before. So those three teams are going to go at it pretty much in this division. I think it's pretty clear the Bengals are a distant fourth, but those three teams, not surprising me if anyone wins. We pick the Browns to win. We think the things are going to come together on paper for them. I'm a little worried about that, but when you look at the time, the strike is now. The Ravens lost a lot defensively. The Steelers have lost Antonio Brown. The Browns are gaining momentum on both sides of the ball, so the time should be right for the Browns to break through. But again, we haven't seen this team come together and go to the playoffs with this new close. So until we see that, we're not going to feel confident about it. The Chiefs were your pick to uh, supplant New England after we saw them in that great AFC Championship game from a year ago. Did it come down to, I just don't want to pick New England, I want to do something different? Hmm. Well, really, we never know what would have happened if they went on back and forth in overtime. Mm -hmm. There's a coin flip there that happened there, so it could be a coin flip type game again that happens. But what I like about the Chiefs, and this is something that is a bit underrated overall this offseason, is they changed the way they want to approach defense. They took a lot of chances, they rushed the quarterback really well, but where it managed to get Frank Clark to essentially replace D Ford up front, but this kind of defense is bend don't break four three. I think it's more complementary to what they do offensively, where you're going to sit back, force teams to uh, really sustain drives to keep up with you a little bit more, maybe give up a few less big plays on the back end, and might make fewer interceptions and those type of plays. But you're going to be steady and uh, play bend don't break. Realize you can control the ball and put up a lot of points and put the pressure on the other team to uh, catch up. So I really like the way the Chiefs kind of made that change. It was a necessary change to me. Even though they had some good sack numbers, I think this defense will be more complimentary to what they can do on the scoreboard. Uh, to the NFC, where you've got the Saints winning the South Cowboys, of course, in the East, the Packers in the North, and the Rams out West, Wild Cards, Eagles, and Bears. Uh, the surprise to me, Vinny, was the Packers. I know that uh, Aaron Rodgers was hurt a bunch last year. He's got a first-year head coach. They seem to have a little back and forth in the offseason. Not sure if that was just because it was the offseason that it seemingly got the attention that it did. Uh, but the Packers at 12-4, and four, certainly making Packer fans in our listening audience very happy. Um, Bears the defending champs. You've got the Packs. What was behind, Pack, what was behind it? Well, I think uh, another underage storyline with them, and everyone's looking at Matt Floor, how's that relationship going to be with uh, Aaron Rodgers? But you look at Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, a great offensive line. You know is going to come in there and take care of that offense with Rodgers. I think the question mark was the defense, and you look at a lot of the investments there. They've got Will Younger, Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith. I really like Adrian Amos taking him uh, from a division rival as well to put mm-hmm them on your defense. You have Kenny Clark. I mean, they had enough guys where they didn't really need Mike Daniels. I mean, that tells you that they feel really good about the defensive pieces they have. So, to me, the Packers are a more complete team. I think you'll see the best skill players put on display in their offense, uh, better than we saw with Mike McCarthy. So, when you put all that together, I think they were smart to keep Mike Penton, get his type of players in there, really a boost the back seven of that defense. And you'll see all the results that they come together nicely. The Rams, the team that represented the NFC a year ago, of course, 
lingering in the back of many people's mind, the Super Bowl hangover. Teams that lose the Super Bowl then struggle the following season. Maybe not quite as prevalent as it once was, but does that linger at all for you? Could you see a, a pretty major step back out of this Rams team this season? Well, there are a few concerns about the Rams. I mean, we start with Todd Gurley and his health. I mean, they did get Daryl Henderson out of Memphis there to maybe hedge their bets. They know their offensive line is not quite as good, but lost some pieces there. They lost Endomic and Sue, had a very good season from them last year on the defensive line. Uh, a lot of LaMarcus Joyner, another guy that uh, was a versatile playmaker for them in the secondary. So they have lost some pieces from last year's kind of loaded dream team-like scenario. And it's tough sometimes to recover from that. When you're an offensive team to get stymied in the Super Bowl like that, uh, you shake your head and say, are we doing all the right things here to win a championship? So that said, I mean, the 49ers have to put a lot together to have that breakthrough season. I can see that happening. I just wasn't 100% sure about that because you have so many different things going on, recovery from injury on that team, where I couldn't quite trust them. So the Rams have the highest probably floor of that division, but maybe they don't have the highest ceiling anymore, if that makes sense. So the Seahawks and 49ers can uh, kind of maybe push that ceiling, but I, I think they feel like a little bit more boom or bust type teams, 500 are really good division winners. Well, I feel the Rams can get to 10 or 11 wins without doing much. Hmm. You know, here's why I hope you're right on, on the Packers. I, I would love, to, and I do love to see playoff games at Lambeau field in January. I think that makes for great theater, terrific football outdoors uh, in the, uh, in the month of January. But I got to ask you about uh, our team. Uh, KXNO uh, carries the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, just give me your thoughts overall on the Vikings. You have them finishing third at best in that division. As uh, we've said, you've got the Packers winning and the bears as a wild card. Where do you see the Vikings this year, Vinny? Yeah, this is a team that's also got a lot of attention. I do keep in mind other predictions that I've seen out there, and and I I start to think about them to see why did I not have that team. Uh, I mean, I waited until I did all mine to do that, but when you look at the Vikings, I can see why there's some love for the Vikings. If you have Dalvin Cook back, their offensive line has improved. You know Kirk Cousins actually had a very good season considering all the things that were crumbling around him last year. So line is better. They're going to get Cook. They've got a good offensive system back in place here with Kevin Stefanski. They'll use Kyle Rudolph back again. He was a big factor as well, Stephon Diggs down the stretch. So you feel good about their offense. I think the concern is actually defense, where they're getting a little older at certain positions, and some of their playmakers are not coming through the way you expect. I mean, Neil Hunter is a very good pass rusher, but sometimes he's just a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. You don't get as much versatility from him. So I... I'm not sure. I mean, there's a lot of uh, an age in that defense creeping in. I don't know if it's gotten a little stale with the system and people are used to it and where these guys are going to be. So, to me, the defense bigger concern in Minnesota than the offense. Thank you, Vinny. We are out of time, my friend. We'll talk to you down the road. Sportingnews.com for Vinny. Thank you. Hour two coming up next.